ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hey, Miyuki Okiranta here with Earshot and our season of stories about remembering and forgetting. Sunil Badami comes from a family of artists, inventors and magicians. Growing up, his mother Sashila told him fantastic stories of their family back home in India, including of his uncle, India's most famous sceptic. But of all the stories Sashila told Sunil, there was one story she never mentioned. As Sunil tried to unravel the secrets around this untold story, he discovered complex questions about the stories we tell, whose stories they are, and who gets to tell them. And just a heads up, this story discusses suicide. Growing up in Sydney in the 1970s, I wasn't told fairy tales. My mother, Sashila, would tell me stories, not just of Hindu gods and heroes, but of our family back in South India. Of the great-grandmother who disappeared for 30 years, only to return one day for lunch before disappearing again. Of my grandfather, the inventor, who invented an alcohol-free Indian ink for strict Hindus, who don't drink. And of Mum's eldest brother, India's most famous rational sceptic, who'd founded the Indian Committee for the Scientific Investigation of Claims for the Paranormal. The sceptic devoted his life to exposing the influential godman Sri Satya Sai Baba, who was courted by politicians and celebrities. I've seen the sceptic eat fire, pull jeeps with hooks in his back, levitate in the air, stand on his head, buried in sand. This is him, piercing his tongue with magical tridents for a TV documentary. My ambition in life is to see at least one miracle before I die. I think my experiences shows that I may not be able to do it. But if people can help me, if they think they've come across any real miracle, if they will tell me where it is happening, I'll be dying peacefully, thinking that my search has ended. See, I remember my grandfather as uh, a person with a long beard, somebody like a Santa Claus, who would uh, engage in discussions about magic and uh, do a lot of tricks in front of me. That's such a He's the skeptic's grandson. The one thing I remember, it was my birthday. I don't remember the year. That's Suchit's younger brother, Ved. As my cousin's sons, Suchit and Ved are considered my nephews in India. My mom invited a couple of my friends over. And there's balloons, there's uh, party poppers, there's a cake. And uh, my grandfather offered to to show his magic tricks, which included like a rope standing in air, uh, stiff in the air without it falling, going against gravity. Uh, So we'd pour milk in the container and and just empty it and there's no milk. I had a lot of fun, my friends had a lot of fun and uh, I think that was the icing on the cake that day. Once, when my uncle stayed with us while he was in Australia for an international skeptics convention, He'd delight us by hypnotising dinner guests and bending spoons like Yuri Geller until Mum stopped putting cutlery out for him after she ran out of spoons. He wrote many books, mostly about Sai Baba and his alleged chicanery. The son of circus magicians, 
Sai Baba was famous for performing miracles, like materialising gold watches for his wealthy devotees, or holy ash for his poorer ones, the tricks of which the sceptic revealed in his most famous book, Science Versus Miracles. But among his books, I found a poem he'd written called Plunge. I'd always thought of my uncle as a sceptic. I'd never imagined he was a poet. I searched my love, but it was all in vain. I waited all alone. I remember asking Mum about the poem, and she said it was about the sceptic's wife. What did you want to know about her? That's my mum, Sashila. As if mesmerised, I forgot everything and rushed to her to clasp her to my bosom and plunge. She had gone. With the broken strings of my heart, I start her search. At the heart of all the sceptic's magic was a disappearing act. The disappearance of his wife, who I never met and had never thought of until I found the poem, when I suddenly realised my cousins must have had a mother. Who was she? What happened to her? You know all these stories, no? You don't know? That's Sashila and the sceptic's younger sister, Maya. I didn't know any of these stories because nobody in the family ever talked about what happened for over half a century. It's almost as if it had never happened, as if my aunt never existed. I didn't even know her name. My mind keeps going back, thinking of all the things that happened at that time. Of course, you might ask, how could I not know about my aunt? If something exists, even in our imagination, it leaves a trace. But if it doesn't exist, that is, if you don't even know it ever existed, then it never can until it's discovered. And so it was with my long-lost aunt, whom I never even thought about until I read that poem. You might say the best evidence my aunt ever existed was her and the sceptic's two sons, my cousins, Sachit and Ved's father and uncle. Both are no more. My father is no more. My uncle is no more. Unfortunately, I'm sad to say this, but both were uh, alcoholics uh, when they passed away. I always wondered what made my cousins alcoholics. They say we drink to fill a hole within us. But what was that hole? My nephews, Sachit and Ved, don't know much about their grandmother either. I don't recollect anyone in the family talking about grandmother, including my father. I always felt that maybe it was a topic that maybe my father or my grandfather didn't want to engage in conversation with me. I got to know about all these stories after my grandfather had passed, so I never got the chance to ask him about it. I'm the same. I never asked anyone, not even my uncle the sceptic himself, until it was too late. In fact, I never spoke to anyone in my family about what had happened until last year when I went to India and finally asked Maya what she remembered about my long-lost aunt, the sceptic's wife. Indian English. Sunil, please talk to me in Indian English. I don't speak Malayalam or Tamil or Konkani, the languages my family speak. And many of my older relatives, like Maya, don't understand my Aussie accent. So to speak to them, I have to sound like this. What was his wife like? 
she was a nice person very pleasant person beautiful person but then she was not very close to any one of us you have seen a photograph there's a blurry photo in an old album full of tiny silver edged pictures as inscrutable as if they'd been taken through the wrong end of a telescope everyone and everything in it appear far away and of course in a way they are the photo shows my mother Sushila looking young and beautiful her arm garlanding another beautiful young woman both of them looking away from the camera to somewhere or someone or something we can't see but there are no other photos it's as if this is the only documentation of my aunt's existence well that and what mum and maya still remember how did they get married it was an arranged marriage in australia people fall in love and then get married in india they get married and then fall in love do you remember the wedding no i didn't wake up for the wedding <laughs> i was sleeping he got married at night they got married at night but premana refused the proper traditional wedding that's my uncle the skeptic his name was premana by then he was already disillusioned by religion having lost his faith long before he'd traveled round india looking for a miracle becoming a monk but then he found out that it is all bullshit my father had seen the girl and she was very beautiful and that beautiful girl was my long lost aunt then he was waiting for the final word from premana and uh, then premana said tonight i'll get married if the girl agrees then the girl and the girl's parents said yes so he said make a garland one single garland i don't want two separate garlands to be exchanged and the wedding happened that's it i can't imagine how disillusioned my long lost aunt must have been by her nuptials which was so small they didn't even have two garlands just the one was he a good husband i think that i don't know mm. whether he was a good husband or not but he was very much in love with her that's what i thought how did you know that he was in love with her did he tell you we never said we loved each other in words it has to be only by some small things they do i just knew that's all. the way he looked at her it showed some love do you think she was in love with him maybe i knew my brother much better than i knew her i don't know what happens whether they communicated well whether they had physic good physical relation all those things i wouldn't know anything about it still although premana the skeptic loved his wife but i know that she used to get angry sometimes but for what i wouldn't be able to figure she won't uh, really scream or shout or anything but then her face would show that she's angry premana the skeptic's love alone was not enough for my aunt she was very jealous of sushaka because i think she studied up to 10th and got married after that she couldn't go to college whereas sushaka was going to the college wearing nice clothes sushaka is my mum sushila maya's older sister akka means older sister we were same almost the same age and she felt as if she was cheated of her yagi you know 
and I went to medical college and she wanted to go to medical college but she thought she was just a housewife. She was a very stubborn person too. She says something, she'll stick to that. Come what may. Now that she's not there, I could just tell her just whatever comes to my mind. There was a rigorous asceticism to my uncle's scepticism. My sister-in-law, she loved a lot of nice things, nice clothes, all that. Whereas Premana was not, he, I don't think he understood that you have to wear nice clothes. He was not interested in money. This is all my thinking. It may not be true. She might not have really felt jealous. Maybe there was some other issue which I didn't understand. Between their two boys, Premana the skeptic and his wife also had a daughter. A girl called Margaret. She had a heart problem. But those days we didn't have any heart surgery done in India. Naming ceremony is on the 13th day. But she died on 12th day. So since Premana knew she would die because there was no surgery, he named her before that 13th day came. And he named her Margaret. And she died and he buried her. She was making all these new clothes for the newborn baby. And when she died, she didn't show much emotion. She took the whole lot of clothes and gave it to someone outside. After that, Premana the skeptic gave his wife his shares in the ink factory. He was not taking care of the business at all. He was doing the magic and that atheist movement. He was uh, obsessed uh, in uh, whatever he did. Uh, I could see that obsession in him, the single-minded obsession, uh, uh, spending days and nights and uh, trying to uh, succeed in it. Prabhupada was so possessed with Sai Baba. Premana had to travel a lot, so he was away for a long time. With a husband away so often, searching for miracles, after all that had happened, where could my aunt, lonely and stuck in the ink factory, ever find some happiness? Actually, there was another person called Anand. He used to live just opposite our house. And he used to always sit outside the flat, you know. I'm just seeing Anand there sitting. And he tried to be over-friendly with my sister-in-law. She fell in love with him. And then they had an affair. Anand told my aunt he'd take her to the end of the world with him, which was... It's funny enough, Australia was their destination. Anand and my aunt planned on selling the ink factory shares and starting a new life far away in Australia. I can only imagine how she slipped away in the night, giving her sleeping children a last tender kiss before taking the overnight express to Madras with her lover. But when they got to Madras, Anand discovered she hadn't brought the ink factory shares. He wanted the money, but it was not uh, given to her. But I thought Premana had given his shares to his wife. No, he didn't give his share to wife. Instead, he gave half to his younger brother and... Half he gave to his sons. Anand abandoned my aunt and returned to the village, refusing to say what had happened or where she was. 
Premina the skeptic rushed to Madras from whatever skeptical mission he was on, searching for his wife everywhere. First the hotels, then the cheaper hostels, the markets, even the brothels. Not that he'd have found her. She'd already plunged into the Adya River, lost forever. And I turned to look at my love and rush to her, to clasp her to my bosom and plunge. She had gone. Or so I remember, Mum told me. But later, Mum told me my aunt hadn't slipped away in the night. She'd slammed the ink factory gates defiantly behind her as she left. So I can't be sure what I remember Mum telling me or what Mum remembers. Then, Maya says the affair was revealed after... My father went to the house for something and he found them in compromising position. He asked Anand to get out and then he told Premana, come immediately. This is what has happened, you deal with it. Then uh, Premana said, if you want to be with another person, you leave me. You can stay with me, be a mother to the children, but we will not leave as husband and wife after this. You decide. She decided to leave. So my aunt might have slammed the ink factory gates after all, but as Mum and Maya's stories unfold and entwine, it feels as if the truth is entangled somewhere in between. Now it turns out, she didn't even make it to Madras. Where did she stay? No one knows. Actually, she stayed in a hotel with Anand. In a town near the ink factory and with Anand's wife and children. But if everyone knew she and Anand were having an affair and were going to leave together, why did she go to where his wife was? That's where Anand wanted her to go. And she was so badly in love with Anand, I think, infatuated. But when Anand's wife discovered the lovers together one night, she threw my aunt out. Did she ever see her children again? Yes. One day, she waited outside the school. I met her at children's school. I told her, why don't you come home? If you don't want him as your husband, don't sleep with him. You have the rest of the family, we will all welcome you. Your children, mainly. She never came home after that. How did you feel about her when she left? Very bad. Very bad for the children. And Pramana also. All this trauma, you know. The kids, I don't know how they've gone. I don't know how they've survived that. Really tough time for them. And my aunt wasn't Anand's first or only conquest. Later we came to know that there were some five, six uh, women whom he had affair with for the sake of money. Rich houses, rich people. Did his wife know about all these affairs? I don't know. I don't know really. Maybe it was planned by both of them because they were together even after this happened. So probably she knew. Nobody can say how my aunt died or when. No one knows. We didn't see her die. In the paper, there was a news that she committed suicide. A body was found in the hotel room. How she killed herself, I don't know. 
Did anyone talk about her after she died? I don't know. Talk in the sense, yeah, she died that way. Like we were all angry with her that the kids were left like that. We should have, no? Normally we should have talked about it. How have your feelings towards her changed over the years? Feeling... This is something I wanted to forget. So there's no feeling now. Was that what turned my cousins to drink? To forget? What effect do you think her leaving your grandfather had on your branch of the family tree? Who doesn't love their mom, right? And with their mom being gone at a very young age would have definitely hurt. Knowing grandfather, he used to travel a lot. He would never be at home uh, a lot of times. Mum helped raise the boys until she married my father and emigrated to Australia. Maya took over until she too got married. I always felt as if my cousins were more like brothers, given all we shared. I often think of my aunt, how she lived and how she died what she longed for and how her life might have turned out differently if she hadn't fallen in love with the wrong man. There are a lot of issues, the circumstances, her wants which were not met. We don't know because we have, I have not spoken to her about all that. To think of the life that she might have had. Oh, poor thing. Just as I think of Mum, who, unlike my aunt, chose her own career emigrated to Australia and chose her own husband, my father, who also ended up being the wrong man and who left her after having an affair while she was lonely and stuck in a small brick veneer in Seven Hills in Sydney's western suburbs. Premina the sceptic's sons died before him. I could sense that he felt that uh, he could have done better in his life to ensure his children uh, were hale, healthy and happy. And a few years afterwards, Premina the sceptic died too. He still hadn't found the miracle he'd been searching for his whole life. Premina was so possessed with Sai Baba. I said, there's no difference between you and the Sai Baba followers. They blindly follow him. You blindly disbelieve in him. He robbed you of your senses and your feelings and your thinking of right and wrong. So you lost your family. Having lost everyone he'd ever loved, his wife and all his children, could my uncle have been anything but sceptical? He's not the only one. After so long and with so many different versions, it's hard to tell whose story this is. What makes a story someone's story? Because when I tell my story, you are in my story. So the parts of my story... You, tell, you have every right to tell your story, but you have no right to tell somebody else's story. So you should not. Without their permission, you should not. Everyone in the story that you have mentioned, Premana, his wife, their sons, are all dead. I can't ask anyone their permission. Mayaka's version, 
you can say, Sushaka's version, you mm. can say. Because Sushaka's version, she exaggerates a little and then it's not the <laughs> true picture, you know. So Sushaka's version, I'm not sure about it because there is a lot of masala put in between, you know. She is a person who likes fun and masala and colors, all that in her life. You are also like that. <laughs> <laughs> She likes all the <laughs> spices in <laughs> I can't remember who said the facts never made a story truer. Maybe it was Mum? I don't know. I don't want to think that far. Makes me sad. Certain things that you want to forget should be forgotten. Certain things that makes life better can be remembered. Even as I've found that we forget the things we most want to remember and remember the things we most want to forget. If we choose to forget a story or not to tell a story, then doesn't that erase the life of the person whose story it was? Why do you have to dig up the past? Perhaps the past is the hole I need to fill. Growing up so far away from everyone, I could only imagine who they were from the stories Mum told me. These intimate strangers became like fictional characters in fairy tales who all came to life whenever we returned to India. All but one, my long-lost aunt. Mum has something else to tell me, which changes everything, again. It turns out that my aunt had been given the ink factory shares after all. Not by her husband, the sceptic, but by his father, my grandfather, the old inventor. He had transferred the rights to her of all the properties and all the titles of all the business. Why? Because she was the first daughter-in-law. And she was the one who was going to stay at home and look after the rest of the family. When she started with Anand, she went and got the solicitor and transferred all the properties and all the back out of the family. She did the right thing by us. When she went to him, he found out that she had nothing except the sari that she wore. We are the stories we tell each other and ourselves. Like us, those stories change depending on who's telling the story or when. And like us, like our stories, memory isn't fixed. All that is just uh, memory. I don't uh, remember properly. This is all told to me. It's constantly changing, what we remember often blurring into what we think we remember or imagine. And it's hard not to be sceptical about what was real. But then, aren't we all imaginary in some way? Our stories are their own little fictions, tangled up in our own secrets and contradictions, in what we remember and everything we forget. Such a what will you tell your daughter about the family? I don't recollect having spoken to my daughter anything about my father or my uncle or my grandfather. Why is that? 
I don't know. Maybe because I have chosen to compartmentalize the negatives of my life or the sad parts of my life. Ved, how do you feel about your grandmother? If she were still alive, I would definitely go give her a hug. Maybe yeah, because she's the reason why my father was alive, and thereby me being alive and my brother being alive. and me getting to meet my beautiful wife and my brother getting to meet lakshmi akka and they have a kid meera so if not for my grandmom i think like a lot of people would be missing out on a lot of things and in the end maya leaves me with one last thing mohana her name was mohana it means beautiful knowing my aunt's name Mohana makes her seem somehow a little more real even as she still feels just out of reach with so much still left unsaid Stories don't just recount our lives they connect us by helping us understand each other even if we'll never know how Mohana really felt or why she did what she did Perhaps sharing her stories keeps her alive just a little longer in our memories connecting us across time and distance far beyond that pain over four lifetimes The Skeptic was written produced and presented by Sunil Badami our supervising producer was Claudia Taranto the poem was read by Jacob Rajan and our sound engineer was Bella Trapiano need to talk to someone please don't go it alone reach out for help at lifeline on 13 11 14 or lifeline.org next time on ear shot zoe ferguson interrogates her memories of her late father greg who is the man and who was the bottle and what have she and her sisters inherited from him that's next time on ear shot i'm yuki ranta i'll catch you then Hello, Hilary Harper from Life Matters here on RN. We're here to help you figure out all the big stuff in life: relationships, health, money, work, education, and the world. Let's talk with trusted experts and your stories. Life Matters is all about what matters to you and to us more widely as a country and a society. You can hear us daily from 9am on RN or anytime on the ABC Listen app.